It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Point Pod. The fellows will get it rolling right after this from our partners. Advanced Elevator Company are experts in the elevator business. They have the very best trained professional field technicians in project management for installations, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators in the entire Midwest. Centrally located world headquarters in the heart of Owasso, Michigan. The Janka family, longtime huge supporters of the Corona Public Schools. Advanced Elevator Company, area business leaders, and a longtime member of the Shiawassee Regional Chamber of Commerce. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Well, hello again and welcome to Three Point Podcast, episode 173. I'm Ted Fattel of Z92.5 with ESPN's Matt Burns on the phone from North Carolina and Jared Fattel of Bally Sports Detroit right here in the studio with me. Our starting lineup includes Advanced Elevator, The Corona Connection, Hankered Sportswear, JJ's Excavating and Tree Services, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Owasso Speedway, Sheridan Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and Z92.5 The Castle. Well, fellas, we got some good sports to talk about, including the Pistons, believe it or not, getting the number one draft choice overall. First time, I think, since 1970, and we'll get into that and some more NBA talk, but let's catch up a little bit. We're just coming off a, a Father's Day weekend. Jared, you're coming yep. at it as the child of the son, <laughs> and you know M- Matt and I are both that and uh, parents ourselves. How, how'd the weekend go? Before we jump into the Father's Day thing, there's something we have to throw out on the table. It's sort of the elephant in the room. We had an absolute menace uh, terrorize our podcast this weekend yes, on we did. Uh, Facebook. Basically, the guy went into did not like where we posted our podcast apparently, uh, and felt the need to tell us to go f ourselves yep. and to suck his uh, his member, member uh, <laughs> like about ten yeah. times each. And I don't know who this guy is, but I'm just going to take it as a positive. It's a good stepping stone for us that hey. We finally had our first troll. Yeah. Hopefully, there's uh, many more to come. Put his name out there first. I don't. You don't, I, don't I don't. I don't have the name oh, okay. uh, available right now, but uh, <laughs> I have no idea who he was. So the name means nothing to me. But he 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 did repeat himself multiple times. though. that you got to give yeah. him credit for that. Yeah, like I almost I almost don't know if he, he came off to me. The first thing I thought was I could see Jared calling this person a boomer because <laughs> it came off to me like he. The first thing he said was like get this ad off of my page. Right. And I was like, well, first of all, it's not an ad. So you don't know your like proper Facebook terminology. <laughs> and also like, he, like, you know, when you, when you engage with something, a post or a group or something, you're going to see that stuff more. 
So, like, if I start liking everything, Ted, you post, I'm going to start seeing your stuff all the time. So the more that he was posting and, like, engaging with it, he was probably seeing it more on his feed. So I was just sitting there laughing. I did try. I told you, Ted, I I tried to see, like, if we could. I don't – his profile, there's, like, nothing on there. I I have no idea who it is. I was going to see if we should, like, block him. But then it was, like – yeah, like you said, maybe, like – any publicity is good publicity type of thing. So with guys like that, almost a little outrageous. Too, the, though. the best thing you can do, which is exactly what we did is act like it's not even there. Right. <laughs> and, exactly. And then he gets no response out of it. You don't block him. You it basically, he, for all he knows, we didn't even see it. Uh, now we're kind of counteracting that by mentioning it on the podcast. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I look at it as a, as an all around uh, positive. I mean, you're going to get hate with anything you do. I mean, this is the first time. Let me lay out the, lay of the land basically what happened for those who don't know posted our podcast on facebook last week and this guy made sure to go into the comment section and let us hear about how crappy we are um but anyway i just think it's a good thing uh that's the way i choose to look at it and i think you guys should adopt the same outlook i'm right with you on it it didn't bother me at all in fact i i had text matt and it wasn't sure he saw it and i said hey man did we get uh what what do they call it uh hacked yeah because after it had about eight times in a row what he said i'm thinking What's going on? And I did the same thing you did. I looked at his bio. There was nothing really there. So I, I don't know what the whole point was. And so it, it made me think, too, like, that, right, because I, I looked at his bio, basically nothing there. So, you know, some people just that's how their page is or whatever. <laughs> yep. But it also made me think, like, I wonder if someone made basically like a burner account, like a fake account, just to troll our page. So kind of to Jared's point, <laughs> If, if that's kind of the case, then we must be doing something right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was, it was funny, though. Lighten it up, dude. Uh, uh, as for Father's Day, um, it, w- it was a good day overall uh, success. I actually was able to do a lot of the um, in-game editing for the Tigers for their Father's Day stuff. So we did a lot of cool, you know, they all the players had their Father's Day shout-outs, and Casey Mize was pitching on Father's Day, so that was cool. I had a lot of fun putting that stuff together. And then afterward, we had the cookout at, our, at my house. Uh, I got my dad. You got everyone's been kind of wondering what I got him. Uh, clearly, it wasn't up to the level of concert tickets, but I got him a nice like Detroit Tigers windbreaker dugout Nike. Very oh, that was sweet. Uh, very nice jacket. So I think overall, I nailed the gift. And and I got to throw out there too. We all talk about Fourth of July uh, cookouts and Father's Day cookouts. Jared's mom. I give her most of the credit for sure. I mean, it's always just such a great spread. You know, it's not it's not like my crappy stuff you're always dogging on, but uh, it's top notch. It's top notch. So you're saying Jared's mom remembers the ketchup for the hot dogs? That's yeah. Right. What was what was the weird thing you had? Yeah, you only had mustard and onions for your ketchup or for your hot dogs I, at I, your cookout. I, I, no, I forgot why. Well, I forgot to bring the ketchup out. <laughs> I had ketchup in the refrigerator for crying out loud. Oh, <laughs> um, the one thing that was funny that I did notice is that uh, apparently there was like mozzarella sticks and buffalo wings. Uh, but by the time I got there, that was all gone. Oh, they were. They long made sure gone. to plow through that before I could even get my hands on it. Did you guys get anything cool for Father's Day? No, we we kind of talked about it last week as far as like you get gifts or is that the gift you got your dad that would be sweet a nice like tiger's windbreaker I, that, that's a great gift for sure but I, I was more like I like I said last week on the podcast more about let's go do something if if they did decide to get me something cool but we ended up like I said we went to the beach we went to an aquarium we like did all that kind of stuff so just kind of spent a day doing kind of like what I wanted to do we went went and got food like where I wanted to get food and stuff nice. so. Yeah, just just a cool uh, uh, day at the beach for me. 
Yeah, and I got to celebrate it actually twice because Jessica came up with the family on Saturday, and we had a Saturday cookout at our house, and uh, got to hang with the granddaughter, two of the grand, two of the three granddaughters, and just had a blast. So that was fun. <laughs> is is everything right now in your life sort of like it's almost like you're in like a foggy haze because your boat's not running? Like it's just, it just doesn't feel like summer until the boat's up and running. Oh, it's not good. It's not good at all. In fact, <laughs> tomorrow's the next date with Destiny. Tomorrow is when I get back in to the motor and re- oh, and, and replace. You're going into it to try I, to fix it? I, I'll have a helper with me, but, oh. I, but I'm replacing the thermostat. And if that doesn't fix it, then guess what? The boat comes out of the water. It's going to a mechanic somewhere because I can't take it. You're right. I am wow, what a cluster. Uh, Getting it back out of the water. And I then... know. <laughs> it's not going to be good. So why don't you say a prayer for me so that we get it working after tomorrow? I got I got two questions for you. Yes. Wait, so you have to pull your boat out of the water. Well, obviously in Michigan, yeah, you have to pull your boat out of the water. But do you, do you, like, pull it out, or do you just kind of have one of those, like, lifts that lifts it up out of the water? No, no. A pontoon, the pontoon stays right on the water all summer. Oh, okay. Right. But if I have to oh, take— in the in the winter. Sorry. In, yeah. in the winter. In the winter, yes. I do have to pull it out. You have to winterize it. Actually, I store it at the Shiawassee County Fairgrounds, like, for, oh, okay. if everybody wants to know. And, the, you know— it's, The place where it's a problem every year getting it out— it, well, it was when COVID hit. That was the biggest problem. <laughs> yeah. They wouldn't let us have the boat early on. That was causing a major scene. But, yeah, just wish, uh, yeah. Just, just wish me luck. Wasn't, yeah, I wasn't sure if this is, like, the first time you've legitimately like, pulled it out of the water in a while. I didn't know if that was going to be an issue. But my other question was, are you having to, like, preface that your boat is not working right now when you have, like, visitors come? Because probably a lot of people do come in the summer and they look forward to those pontoon rides, right? No, you're, you're, oh, you, yeah. na- you nailed it right on the head. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> Matt, here's the thing. At, at his house, his Super Bowl is the 4th of July. It's that Saturday before the 4th of July at Lake Manitou where they have the fireworks. You're he has right. the party every year. Yeah. And so that's kind of like the due date is if they can get this boat up and running before then, not all is lost. But if, if it's if it's a 4th of July without the boat, you might as well just cancel your plans. Well, you know, we, we just might do that and go to Bay City and <laughs> there watch Shite Town and then see fireworks up yeah. there. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Hey, while we're here in the catch-up, too, we can't, we can't not talk about uh, the Owasso Trojans. What an unbelievable finish! Winning the state championship over Marysville, eight to five. Uh, when you know, when you look at what they did, especially in their last four games, coming back, you know, in the in the last inning, three of those games, and then winning a two to one game. I mean, you got to really say salute to Joellen Smith, who was on last podcast, and and to the girls. It was just an amazing feeling. You know, Jared, your dad had the thrill of winning a state championship in basketball. Matt, your team went to the Breslin. Uh, In fact, your team, Jared, went deep into the playoffs in football. There's no feeling like it when you're a high schooler. And then just think about it when you get the ultimate prize and win that championship. It gives you goosebumps every time I think about it. This Corona and Owasso especially, but basically all of Shiawassee County, I mean, we're not the best athletically. So anytime there is a team that breaks through, whether it's basketball, football, I mean, it was sort of like that with my team, even though we weren't even close to, like, state championship, like, level, uh, people just rally behind it. And you saw the softball, you said it was, what, like, basically 90% Owasso oh, fans yeah. at, at Michigan State for the semifinals and the championship, and it was a full full capacity crowd. Right. No, oh, yeah, you, you said goosebumps, and that's exactly what I was thinking because when, Ted, you know, we posted the uh, radio call that you did, Ted, on our podcast website – uh, so I kind of listened to him. I, di- I didn't listen to the whole game, but I clicked through, listened to the innings, and, you know, to hear the excitement. And, like, you could hear it coming through on your recording, the, right. the Wasso chants and the cheering and stuff like that, and then seeing the pitchers and everything. 
it was just, I yeah, it gave me goosebumps because I was like, I can't even imagine what it'd be like, you know, in the state championship yeah. like that, winning the game and everything. So, yeah, definitely a cool thing that they did. It was, and, you know, and I got to, first of all, throw a little dig out at uh, our radio station really i think they dropped the ball on not uh, not coming together and doing it live on the radio i mean they, they do a whole heck of a lot for high school sports in our area so i won't dog on them too much but i gave them plenty of ammo plenty of advance uh, notice that hey guys this owasso team could win the state championship and by god it came true but i that's all i'm going to say on that Jared doesn't know this, Matt. You know where I'm going to go with this next comment. I'm going to I'm going to take the bullet. You're going to find this fairly amusing, Jared. <laughs> right. All right. I don't know where this is going. Oh, he has, he has no idea, does he, Matt? Yeah, I love it. I, I can't wait. All right. So so I'm doing the uh, quarterfinal game. That was my first foray, foray into softball this year. Went really good. Broadcast, I think, turned out well. So that gets me to the semifinals. And I'm over at Michigan State and it's just soaking up all the atmosphere. Got my gear going, you know, to record the game. Everything's going smooth as can be. Owasa wins it in great fashion, you know, two to one. Uh, a tremendous defensive play by the catcher throwing out a runner at second base in the top of the seventh. And then Macy Ireland strikes out the next batter to end the game. Team goes into Bedlam. You can just picture me painting that picture at the end of the game, right? Oh, God. I go home. I, I'm downloading it right away to send a map, but before I do it, I always make sure the recording's there, and it looked like it was all there, and I thought to myself, I need to, I need to hear the end. i got to hear my call on yeah. that one, right? So I get to the end, and I hear there's one out in the seventh inning. They have runners on first and third. Now all of a sudden I hear I'm talking to somebody in the background at a different radio station saying, hey, don't worry about it. You're not in my way. I played it over again, and then I played it a third time. And it the last two outs were gone <laughs> the pause button or something got hit i put just picture this i put my elbows on the table that's like a, basically it was a waste of a day at I, that point I, I, it even gets better and then i put my hands in my head and i go oh dear god oh dear god <laughs> so then then i'm i'm thinking what can I, you know i thought it's over i'm gonna send it out to matt and just tell him hey the last two outs aren't there and then the brilliant boomer that i am i decide hey, maybe I can salvage this. I got my score sheet here. So I went out on my back patio, <laughs> and I recreated the last I, two outs. This was, wait, so which game was this? This is where there semifinal. was a semifinal. Semifinal, was it a walk-off? No, it was a two-to-one game, but that's where I was just telling you that the catcher threw out a runner at second base, and then uh, and then uh, Macy struck out the next okay. batter. So it was right at the absolute yeah. end. So I went out, and I recorded a, I recorded a recreation. And I listen to it, and I go, "Oh man, that sounds that's just not going to work." So then I then I went out and redid it with more pep, you know, like yeah. I would be. And I even had a an Altoid can, and I was shaking some uh, <laughs> some <laughs> some paper clips yeah. to make it sound like a cowbell. It didn't sound that bad. So I sent it to Matt, and I said, "Hey man, I don't know if there's anything you can do with this, but uh, see if you could pop this on there and <laughs> at least salvage it." Yeah. So you could take it from there, Matt. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that you know, so you, you let me know. I, it would have been funny if you didn't tell me. You just kind of said, like, ah, it came in two different recordings. You know, you got to put it together. Because, honestly, like, if you wouldn't have told me, I may have been like, man, one of these, it, this sounds really strange. But, all right, cool, I guess this is what it is. The one thing that would have was noticeable was your, I guess, recreated ending. You yes. know, you couldn't hear the crowd cheering. So that's where, <laughs> I, that's no where crowd, I obviously would have been like, all right, something's going on here. And then right away I did notice, like, the cowbell. 
I was like, man, did someone in the press box like just bust out a cowbell right next to Ted? Well, then Matt was there. Was a dead spot in the actual end of the broadcast where where the Owasso fans were going, Owasso, Owasso, and he was able to pull that and put it underneath me. <laughs> oh, that's very funny. So it's all good. There you go. I know. I didn't notice. I think I listened to it yeah. that game too. I I listened to the last like twenty minutes of each sure. of those games. Yeah, and I I didn't notice it. Maybe I'm an idiot. But. Uh, no, but I want. I think Matt did a great job producing it. And you know, and, uh, thank goodness it was like it was only the last two outs. It was a little bit of time, maybe so three minutes. What What do you think happened? What uh, I think I accidentally hit the pause button. I think that's what happened. On the I wish you. Device. It would have been better if you would have realized it at the stadium, like right after. The oh game. yeah, I think that would have been. <laughs> oh, you think that would have been? It would have been better on my health when I got home and yeah. listened to that. I go, what a stupid fool! But we got through it, and it was still a great, great. At least it wasn't the state championship, too. That's right, and I think that all turned out pretty good too. But and again, anyway, congratulations to the Trojans. Just phenomenal job by the girls. I th- I really think uh, Joellen Smith showed her brilliance as a coach. She had a couple of big plays. The one I'm talking about when she went to the mound in the semifinal game. You know, the other team had runners on first and third, one out in the seventh inning. And a lot of times, you know, you'll tell your catcher, just fake throwing it to the second base, let the runner go. Yeah. But they gunned her out, let the run come in to make it two to one, and then they got the strikeout to end the game. So, brilliant, you know. And they're a, they're a fairly, fairly young squad too, right? So they're going to be right back at it next year. Yeah, well, they got their chucker in Macy yeah, Island. I mean, they got about five or six other players. That's what I love about uh, softball that I wish was the thing with baseball. You have, you have one pitcher, you can just pitch them until they're out. Right. It's like there's no inning restriction. Their arm's really not going to get tired because it's a natural like movement on the arm. Yep. So you just got to love how you can just go, you're going to pitch every single inning this year. Right. And and she is an ace. I mean, she's obviously going to play Division One uh, softball, so uh, she's, d- she's stud. Yeah, d- first team All-State, too. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just a great run, and it was great for the community. And, uh, again, congratulations to the Trojans. Anything else here in the catch-up portion, boys, before we get into some uh, Pistons talk? Guess not. Well, we'll be right back and uh, talk about the Pistons landing that number one draft choice right after this. JJ's Excavating and Tree Service can help you with many homeowner items, including skid steer work, footings, gravel work, and property maintenance. JJ's Excavating and Tree Service, they're also experts in tree removals, including stump grinding. Fully insured and no job too big or too small. Call Kyle Jones of JJ's Excavating and Tree Service at 989-277-9059 to set up a free estimate and tell him Three Point Podcast sent you. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is a mortgage and land contract services company that is focused on your success. The home financing team has over 25 years experience and origination of all types of loans. Led by Jim Woodworth, Success Group Mortgage provides one-on-one service with a personal touch. You're not lost in the crowd like working with a mega-sized bank. Every transaction is given complete attention from the very beginning to the very end. Located in downtown Owasso, call today for an appointment at 989-720-4380 or find more info on the web at successgroupmortgage.com. All right, this is uh, the most exciting night of Pistons basketball. Excuse me, last night was the most exciting night of Pistons basketball, believe it or not, that I feel like I've had in my whole life. Wow. And I, I was born in 1999 for the listeners, but here's the thing about those early 2000s Pistons teams. One, I was too young, only about four years old, when they won uh, their actual N- the NBA title against Lakers. So I don't even remember that. But the, the the years that came after that of that team, something about it just never really drew me in. They 
I, it's a team I didn't appreciate until I was older and looked back and saw, like, you know, they had great chemistry. Everyone had, like, different roles. But at the time, when you're a seven-year-old kid, you just want to watch Allen Iverson. Right. You want to you, – you know, you care about LeBron James. You don't care about Rip Hamilton and Chauncey Billups. So, last night, for the first time, I can honestly say – I am super duper excited for the piss, for the future of the Detroit Pistons. I think everything is kind of going in the right direction. I feel like last year we tanked to perfection. Uh, this is exactly what the payoff is. Cade Cunningham. I guess overall, what did you guys think of just getting the overall pick? How big is that for this franchise? And then what did you think about Cade Cunningham? Well, I, th- I mean, it seems like yeah, I mean I watched a good amount of Cade Cunningham last year at Oklahoma State, and reading you know some scouts, I guess some experts. He he looks like all the potential is there to be, a, you know, a franchise player. You never know how things are going to pan out. You hope that he's going to be the next Devin Booker or something like that, the next Trey Young. But, you know, you never know how it's going to pan out because as Pistons fans, we remember guys like Darko Milicic and how that panned out. So yeah. I'm oh. kind of pumping my brakes a little bit. Super excited because the Pistons, like you said, Ted, in the open, haven't had the first pick since 1970. Bob so it's, it's really cool to see them finally, like, kind of – kind of do a rebuild, tank, and actually, in a sense, I guess, get rewarded with that number one pick. Now, the thing is, is people like Jared tweeting out, and I saw a ton of other people on social media acting like the Pistons just won the championship or write them in right now next season, world champions next year, because they've got the number one pick, and they do have some good young players. And it's like, you got to pump the brakes a little bit. Like, this is a big deal. You're going to get probably Cade Cunningham, but there's a reason that they got the number one pick. They stunk last year. They were really bad last year. So, yes, this is great. They've got something going. But it's not like all of a sudden you can just say they're better than the Bucks or, you know, they're better than the Sixers or stuff like that. you still got some work to do. Yeah. I mean, they're sitting in a good spot. They, they you know, they got that number one pick. They either can draft Cunningham. I don't know what you guys think about possibly trading down if somebody really wants Cunningham bad, or do you no. think you think Cunningham is the anchor he, of this of this franchise? Because you're really in the NBA. If you're going to win or compete for an NBA championship, you got to have two superstars and probably three to win the championship, he, don't you? Here's the one thing that, if we're being honest with each other. Cade Cunningham's not the – like, the way I've always pictured this mind is, oh, like, this is the year that Zion's number one I pick. Know, or I this know. is the year – Cade Cunningham's a good player. He just doesn't seem – he's not the, like, player you gravitate toward, which I really wish Detroit had. We, we don't have that right now. But I think he's going to be good. I think he is the exact type of NBA, like, point guard that people – that this is where the league is going as this score first, you know, triple-double machine type guy. Six, eight, you know. Uh, and – at, to answer Matt, you know, basically saying that I'm thinking that we won the championship. No, it's just Matt. I haven't had a lot to cheer for about this Pistons team my entire life. So I got I got to jump onto something. This is the first ray of hope. Him, Coach Casey, I think is is the right coach for the Detroit Pistons for this like sort of leg of their journey. I love everything the general manager. I think he's a really good general manager. Killian Hayes, Sekou, Isaiah Stewart, all, all these guys. I think they got something really building. Sadiq Bay. I think that this like core of five guys, give it two, three years, and maybe add one more piece, and I think it's it's a really solid team going forward. Yeah, it, and it could be really fun for you, too, working for Valley yeah. Sports Detroit now because you'll be in-depth and right in with the team. Yes, exactly, and here's what, one other thing that I will say. I, always, I felt like this draft was kind of like five good players that – if there was a draft, I wouldn't have been too heartbroken to fall back to three and take Suggs or two right. and take Mobley. It, it would have been this one, but I shouldn't be complaining because we got the number one pick. We got exactly what we worked an entire year for, and it finally paid off. For once, it paid off. <laughs>
Yeah, it, it does seem like this draft, the top four or five, they almost kind of seem to be like similar players. Like there's not that Zion or, you know, something yeah. like that. That's like clearly the, the best player in the draft. So, yeah, like anywhere in the top four or five would have been cool. I so I just think the excitement of the Pistons finally getting that number one pick is big, you know, for the fans. Hopefully it gets some butts in the seats at Little Caesars Arena so they can actually pay that off and everything. So yeah. I think the excitement part is big. I'm just kind of like, let's see how things play out because, yeah, will, will Cade Cunningham all of a sudden be this franchise changer and the Pistons are the number four seed in the playoffs next year? You know, I don't know, but Dwayne Casey is a former coach of the year when he was with the Raptors, so he's a solid coach. Two of their rookies, Bay and Grant, were on the all-rookie team this year, so they've got some pieces there. The biggest thing, too, is, you know, you think about the Suns, and we've talked about the Suns a lot on this podcast, and they're looking like they might be heading to the uh, NBA Finals. Two years ago, they were like the second or yeah. I think they were the second worst record in the league. I mean, they were trash last year or a couple of years ago, and they had a young player in Booker. They got, you know, he's obviously looking like he's going to be one of the best players in the league. They drafted some other guys like Bridges and Aiton, and then the big thing is they got a veteran to come in in yeah. CP3. So I think that's going to be if some of these young guys with the Pistons can kind of show, okay, yep, there, there's something there. You know, these guys can play. You've got a strong coach in Dwayne Casey. Then maybe you can lure a decent, you know, veteran player to come in and like put it all together. Yeah. And guys like Mason Plumley, that's not going to do it. No. No. Yeah. He, he's a decent big guy, I guess, if you want to say that. But so that that's what I guess my point. Like, yes, you're getting some good young players. At some point, you are going to need like a veteran big man or a veteran point guard or something like that, or just like a superstar, a guy like CP3, come in and then like that puts it all together. Yeah, and I and I agree with you, Jared, on your excitement. I mean, it's been a while to be excited about yeah. Pistons basketball. You know, I'm I'm the geezer as we like to talk about here. I mean, I remember when the Pistons when they drafted Lanier because they were a pretty sad organization back then. And you know what they paired him with Dave Bing, John Mengeld at at one of the guards. They became a pretty good team back then, and then it went through that phase. And of course, my team's the Bad Boys. I mean, yeah, they, that was that was the ultimate. You know, in in that era, I mean, they don't ever get it's, they don't ever seem to get compared to the Celtics and Lakers of that era, but they were right there with them. Yeah, that's what's wild is I mean, this is like a complete other conversation we could have. It's crazy that they don't get put in that conversation because, in a sense, like they ended the Showtime Lakers run and they ended the Larry Bird Celtics run. So like, and then obviously like they they stopped Michael Jordan from winning a title until the NBA changed the rules for him. You know, right. so. It just like that, like I said, that's a whole other conversation. But those bad boys Pistons, I don't think get the the respect they deserve. Yeah, and you know, and then you go to the two thousand four Pistons with Hamilton and Billups. I mean, that was just a true team. Ben Wallace. I mean, it was they were just fun to watch. You know. Yeah. The the O four Pistons. I, I've always said if they would have won that second championship against the Spurs, which they probably should have. Yep. And went and went back to back, they would be looked at completely different because you know you won two. Now it is almost like they only got the one championship. I mean, it, it's kind of it sounds dumb to say that they only got one because of what we've seen the Pistons go through. But like, you don't really hear many people talk about that 04 Pistons team unless they're like real basketball fans. But if they would have got that second championship and went back to back, I think people would have talked about them a lot more. Hundred percent agree. To sort of bring it full circle back to the Cade Cunningham story. The thing that's kind of sad about this is even if let's say Cade Cunningham is an all star, he ends up being a you know, a franchise player, the sad reality is we basically need two or three of those guys. Yes. I mean you see it with the Sixers right now. They thought they had a home run in Ben Simmons, home run in Joel Embiid, 
and still it's like they're really not even close to a title, like after all these years. Uh, and you just don't want that to be the Pistons. So same thing with the Celtics. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown still ages away from competing for a title. Just got to get that other guy in there. I'm not sure who it's going to be, and that's where you just have to look at guys like Killian Hayes uh, and Sadiq Bey and just hope that one of these guys can kind of shine through where we don't have to keep tanking and hope that we end up with a top five pick again. That Hopefully this roster we have, two guys can emerge from it. Yeah, and like, like Matt said too, if there's a way to get uh, a, a veteran, a, a very good veteran to come play for Detroit with these young kids, that could put them over the top, you know. And, and be uh, a contending team. But it's good to be able to talk about the Pistons. And you know what? It's going to be good to talk about the NBA because there's been some wild things going on in the league. We'll be back and talk about uh, some of the playoff games right after this. Great news to report. Sheridan Realty and Auction Company has built a new 7,500-square-foot warehouse in Owasso. Now we are able to take all of your items and put it underneath one roof. Whether you are able to bring us a vehicle, an ATV, furniture, it goes inside. Go to SheridanAuctionService.com to see more. More importantly, stop down and see us at 1007 South Washington Street. You'll do better with Sheridan. The Owasso Speedway has been building families and communities through the promotion of short track racing since 1939. Saturdays are race days at the Big O with gates opening at 4, qualifying beginning at 5, and the waving of the green flag and racing at 7. The Owasso Speedway and its super-fast high-bank three-eighths of a mile oval layout has thrills and action galore. Easy to get to on M21 between Owasso and Ovid. Stay up to date on upcoming features by following Owasso Speedway on Facebook at Owasso Speedway MI. It's family fun and you'll always be welcomed by the smiling faces at Owasso Speedway. All right, let me start this segment off. Uh, Matt, you posted something I, either early this morning or last night, but you were dead on. <laughs> you guys give me grief <laughs> once in a while about DVNR in games, yep. but uh, that last night, the the Suns game and the way that finished and the last uh, whatever it was, 30 seconds of the game that took about 30 minutes, that's why the DVR was invented. And I, I was up at 5 o'clock this morning. Here's my routine. I go to bed about 10, so right about when that late game starts. Got up at 5 this morning, got a good seven-hour sleep, put the coffee on, put the TV on, kind of fast-forwarded through all the commercials, and just enjoyed one heck of a game. It was incredible. The way you do it is it's brilliant. I, I don't give you – we don't give you enough props. We you. make fun of you for it. But because basically what I do is, you know, if there's a game like that, I watch the YouTube highlights the next day. Right. And we were talking about this on Father's Day, actually, and you spelled it out perfectly where, well, there's no drama in that. You already – as soon as you click on the video, you, you read in the title, like, who won, what happened, what the big storyline was. Right. Uh, but when you DVR it, you – and with somebody who's probably as offline as you are, you probably don't <laughs> even check, like, Twitter or anything. No, of course I don't. Until, like, noon. I, intentionally. Yeah. It, it's basically the perfect thing where you – you in your own little bubble in your basement That's are right. watching this game live Absolutely. for the first time. It, it's incredible. Thank you. Yeah, that that would be the biggest thing is, you know, I've, I've fallen asleep before, like when there's a game going till 2 in the morning or something like, like that, and you doze off. But then, like, first thing in the morning, you know, you wake up and you're kind of what I, I hop on Twitter or, you know, whatever, and you see the final score. So, right, you have to be disciplined and not do that <laughs> so it doesn't ruin the surprise for you. But, I got, I got to ask you guys. So, yeah, the last two minutes of that game last night, right. the, the Suns game, I, I think it was that number. We could look at it. It was like the last two minutes of actual gameplay. It took like 33 minutes or something. Like, okay. Insane. Are, yeah, it's insane. So I'm, I'm pro 
instant replay. I'm glad that the instant replay is in there to get the calls right because we all know how it would go if they made a call and then the replay is all over you know, TV, sports center, social media, and they got something wrong, then that's all anyone is talking about. So I'm, I'm cool with them getting it right. But can you almost, like, go too far with these replay, with the, the replay reviews? Because there's some of them where it's, like, it, it's so bang, bang. Like, there was a play last night where they, where um, Pat Beverly stripped Devin Booker, and it, any other time, any other time, it would have been off Pat Beverly, but because they looked at the replay and, like, Booker's, like, fingernail was barely touching the ball, you know, they called it then out on Booker. So, like, can you almost go a little too far sometimes with the replay review? Or are you guys, like, all for it? You, I don't think you can go because I always look at it the other side. We don't want these games to be decided on a BS call. And 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 it's yeah. it's kind of like the everyone complains about it. it's every single league too. It's not like it's just an NBA problem, NFL, NBA. It's been a problem for all of them. I'm not really sure how you speed it up. Well, the, I don't know how you change it, and I don't want to go back to what it was before, which is where we just live with bad calls. I don't want that. Yeah, and I, you you said it right there. They've got to figure out a way. And again, I'm on board with it too. If it's if it's crunch time in a game, you got to be able to look at close plays. But they got they got to be able to speed it up a little bit. For crying out loud, if we're watching it at home or Matt, you're watching it on your monitors or same with you, Jared. I mean, it usually doesn't take us very long to figure out what the right call yeah. is, right? <laughs> they seem to take till infinity to figure it out you know yeah yeah i just and like jeff and gundy he was he was saying it a few times like it just kills the flow of the game he's right and it it does i mean you know the fans kind of like i mean the fans are excited no matter what but you know sometimes like the energy feels like it goes away it just sometimes it feels like you could do it too much but then right if if the game is decided kind of on a bs call like you said jared then that's all anyone is talking about now game i mean it was it was, I mean, it's super exciting the whole time, and to end the game on a an, an out of bounds alley oop play. I mean, I'm not even a fan of either of those teams, and I was getting pumped up. I've never seen that. I mean, you know, and I learned something. I didn't know you couldn't have goaltending or basket interference pass, on the last yeah. play. It's just a pass above the basket. That was that was one of the greatest passes maybe in NBA history. Yeah, Jay Crowder, great pass. It's. It, the, my favorite part about this series, great play last night. It's, what an ending. And you just got to love the crowd. I mean, we oh. saw it with the U.S. Open. We saw it last night with – Makes a difference. seems like we're finally out of COVID. Which is pretty, and I know people are listening to this like, oh, no, there's still – like people are still getting it. Like you can't just act like it's not a thing anymore. I get that. But we're at least kind of getting near the end of it at least. But my favorite part of this whole series has been CB3 has not been there. But he's actually his brother has been right next to the Suns bench, and Chris Paul, according to Jay Crowder, said that he's been on the phone with his brother, <laughs> watching the game at home, and basically giving like coaching, like coaching his, his brother is yelling out what Chris Paul is saying to these guys, <laughs> and I just love that storyline. How it's crazy to me, Matt. You mentioned about how the Pistons need a guy like Chris Paul. He's one of a kind. But it's funny how Chris Paul can be on a team with like guys like Blake Griffin and all these other guys who may be closer to his age, and everything Chris Paul is saying just goes in one e- out in one ear and out the other. But when he goes on this team with a lot of younger guys who are looking for somebody like that to come in and sort of take them to the next level, the team just excels, and it's just it's such a great story. It he's so valuable to this team and to the league, even though they're up two zero. It's just crazy to me that he is well, you see it other times with guys like Kyrie Irving when he's injured he doesn't even show up at the game he's not even involved with the team at all but with Chris Paul he's always still basically a crucial member of this team and right after the game they're facetiming him every time yeah they're a fun team to watch for sure yeah I hope I, I hope they win because I definitely don't want to see the Clippers yeah. go to the NBA finals but hopefully 
if, if they do, the Suns end up winning this the Western Conference. I hope they're fully healthy. Devin Booker's nose is good. He busted up his nose last night. CP3 is all clear of COVID. I, I hope they're, like, fully healthy because even though they're playing really well, I, you know, you want to see a, the, you know, a fully healthy team out there. It's kind of the same with the Clippers. Like, them without Kawhi, it kind of sucks. But I, I don't like the Clippers, so I'm kind of fine with it. Yeah, did you kind of – in a way, I mean, we all want to see the team superstars play in these games. I think we're all in agreement on that. But isn't it kind of cool to see when the superstars are out and see what the rest of the team can do in a crunch situation like last night? I mean, hell, we probably had one of the more entertaining games uh, in a long time last night. And, you know, Kawhi was out. You know, your guys CB3, out. Yep. It, it is interesting. It's just it's not interesting when it, it it's all marbles are on the table and Kawhi and Chris Paul are out. It'd right. be such a better series if both of them are there. It's cool. Like it was cool last series when the Clippers, you know, won a couple games without Kawhi because it's kind of like rallying without their star. We always talk about how you can do it One once, game, but you can't yeah. do it for a whole series. Uh, so that was cool. Can we talk about um, the other series? Because I'm just going to be honest. I don't know if there's two teams I care less about than the Milwaukee Bucks and the Atlanta Hawks. But before we get to those two, Ben Simmons. I know we're maybe a little bit late to the party, but yeah. we got to talk about what the hell happened to this guy. I don't know. What? I don't understand. It's funny because I have seen something. It's a lot smaller of a scale, but I have seen something like this before. My oldest brother, Johnny, when he was in middle school and first year or two of high school, he would he would literally. I kid you not. He was like the best shooter I know. Dominic. I knew he would. He was. He could. He was like Steph Curry range. He's making it from all over the court. And then something in his high school career switched in his brain to the point where he literally, he would have a wide open threes. He wouldn't shoot them wide open shots. He wouldn't shoot them. And so I've seen this sort of like confidence thing rattle guys before. And, and I, and you look at it and you say like, how dumb are you, dude? It's just a free throw. Like just make it. it. All you gotta do is toss it up there and make it, but it's not that simple. And I just wish we could go inside this guy's brain and see what the hell is going on when he's standing at the line. Yeah, it definitely seems like he has a case of the yips. I love the the comparison though to <laughs> I was just picturing middle Corona middle school basketball. Yeah, you got, that, you, you got that stage right behind one of the hoops, and then the other hoop is right up against the wall. <laughs> that, that's just just a classic gym to play basketball in. But uh, anyway, yeah, you know Ben Simmons. I mean, I remember watching him at LSU, and he would shoot like he he wasn't necessarily like JJ Redick or something like that, but he could shoot. He was always just like a freak athlete playing basketball. And it just seems like now, like, that literally is all he is. To me, he's like that dude. I, I don't know, if Jared, if you ever went up to GVSU's rec center and played, like, pickup basketball, but there were always, like, football players yep. that were playing pickup basketball, you know, during the offseason. And that's what he comes off to me. Like, these dudes were, like, crazy athletes, you know, probably at GVSU on a full ride. But, like, when they would try and shoot a basketball, they looked like they had no idea what they were doing. And that's kind of like what Ben Simmons yeah. comes off as because he can play. I mean, he gets like 10 rebounds a night, like 13 re assists a night, plays great defense, you know, all that stuff. But, man, when it comes to shooting, like I honestly think I can shoot better than him, and he's a professional basketball player. And it just seems like it's definitely a confidence thing. And then especially now, like today's day and age, I hope he did not go on social media after that series wrapped up because if he had oh. a confidence issue before and he went on Twitter or social media, he would have been even farther off the deep end because it people were – ripping him apart but it is sad because there was that one play where like it was like a minute and a half or two minutes left and it was a one possession game and he's right under the basket going up he could have easily dunked the ball and instead he like passes it off because i don't know if he didn't want to shoot i don't know if he didn't want to get fouled and go to the free throw line but 
I mean, when that's supposed to be your point guard, it makes it kind of tough to like run your team through him. Yeah, I mean, it's a complete mental block thing right now for sure, and he needs he needs help with one of the best sports psychologists out there. But I think the first thing, he'll be traded out of Philly, right? I mean, he's got to get a new look somewhere else. I, I think the guy can still be uh, an NBA player, he, but he, he he's not going to be a superstar. I it's it's a red huge red flag the free throw thing like the that fact that, that was ever even a problem is scary but if all he's got to do is make free throws like, i feel like that's not that hard of a thing I mean, to fix to fix but right. maybe it is well, I, mean, I don't know if you're going i don't know if you're going to be able to fix it in the middle of a playoff series in a game 7 but a whole off season this year just standing on a free throw line you know maybe change something up it's almost like a golf swing you know you need something to get your confidence back right. so that's all he needs and so i don't think you could just write him off i still think he's a good player i just think this team was not built at all around him he, he needs a team almost like what a lebron james team would be bunch of three-point shooters around him uh and no one in the paint clogging it up and that's exactly what joel Embiid. it's just unfortunate that they were both put on the same team together with such like clashing styles so so you're giving simmons a break that's cool um is there any scenario you see him fitting in Detroit? I was actually going to th- – it's funny you say that. I was going to throw that out there. If we put together some sort of, you know, three of my, a couple of our younger players, three of our younger players for him, it's I wouldn't really- hate it. It's just I just think – I feel like if we do that, Detroit becomes one of the, like, least likable teams in the – yeah. I mean, it's not like – I don't really want Ben Simmons. Like, I, I don't feel the need to root for him. Yeah. I, I don't – so I'm sorry. I don't really yeah, want him on the I, team. I think – I think if they swung something like that, it would take all the excitement of the young players getting this number one pick, and then we have Ben Simmons. Yeah, I, I feel yeah. like it would almost be like, uh, it'd be like deflating balloon type thing. <laughs> like it would just take all the excitement out of the air. But yeah, I mean, he's already he's made a couple All Star games, and he's obviously very young. So I mean, he, he could turn around. But like I saw, he's talking about maybe switching his shooting hands. Like he shoots left handed, and he's saying like he might try and start shooting right handed. So it's like, yeah, you know, you want to try and fix this stuff, but sometimes, like, you can, like, mess with it too much. You know, like a golf swing, if you start messing with your golf swing too much, you know, you could just actually go backwards. So it's almost like you just need to, like, it's like a change of scenery. Like, get out of Philly, go somewhere else, and just almost, like, start over. Yeah, maybe go to the West Coast where the pressure doesn't seem as bad. I don't know. Yeah. But I'm with you. I I don't think I would trade any of the young guys for Ben Simmons. Let's let's watch this piston team grow and you know and develop i think there's a lot of excitement to to have with them and i agree with you also jared of hawks bucks that, that nothing there really fires me up yeah it, oh, it, trey young you guys aren't excited i like trey young all right i mean he brings a little excitement it's just it's hard for me to get behind it when we saw the milwaukee bucks they're, if the Nets are fully healthy, they sweep the Milwaukee Bucks. Right. And I, I guess availability is the greatest ability, as people like to say, but it's just it's hard for me to throw my weight behind. The Hawks have earned their way there. Uh, it was more, I guess, even though it was more necessarily that the Sixers basically imploded more oh than the Hawks, God, like, excelled uh, to get through that series. But just the Bucks. if I had to pick one of these two teams, I'm going Bucks, but I'm not happy about it. I mean... I hate the way I, I hate to say it, but I hate the way this this playoffs has been shaken down. It's just the injuries, the teams that are left. Really, the only team I feel like that has a great story is if the Clippers have Kawhi and the Chris Paul Suns. Other than that, there's nothing that I really circle and say, man, what a story if they end up winning. Yeah, Suns, Suns and Nets would have been a, a an interesting final yeah. though, wouldn't it? I mean, that would have been fun to watch. Unfortunately, it is, it is funny. Like you know, it's the last five, six, seven, even more eight eight years. People like hate on 
and it's always like the same teams. It's always Warriors and Cavs, or it's always like Warriors versus LeBron. LeBron's in every NBA Finals. The Warriors are always there. Kevin Durant's been in a ton of them. You know, like people start complaining about all that. But now that those all those teams and players aren't there, you get reactions like what you guys are saying. I have no interest in the Bucks and the, the Hawks. Or, you know, eh, yeah. the only team is maybe the Suns that actually have some intrigue. So it's, it's just kind of funny to see that. Like people complain when it's LeBron all the time or when it's the Warriors all the time. So then when you get a playoffs where you got some new blood in there, now people are complaining that there's no interest. So so, so where do you stand? Funny. Where do you stand, Matt? I, I love the NBA, so I'm excited. I want to see Trey Young. I don't like I, I I don't really like the Bucks. I can't stand Giannis. I like people act like he's like the next coming of Michael Jordan basically. I don't know. People act like he's gonna be the next great player in the NBA. I just don't really see it. So I wanna see the Hawks. I'd love to see the Hawks beat them and go to the NBA finals. And as much as I hate on C P three, that would be a cool story. I'd like to see the Suns go to the finals and see C P three actually compete for a championship. But but yeah, I love the NBA. I'm I'm excited. I, I I'm I want to see who wins. I'll just yeah, I think I'm almost spoiled. I think we are almost spoiled. Not that long ago, 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers versus right. Golden State Warriors. I don't know how storylines, the actual the actual like series. I don't know how you could ever put together a better NBA playoffs than what that and year the play, was. The play and, and the, the play, the players, the the star power, the everything was perfect. So ever since then, I just feel like. It's nothing. I always kind of compare it to that series, and it's just nothing is ever gonna hold a candle to that. And I'm guessing that's probably how you guys felt with guys like Michael Jordan, some of those series with like mm-hmm. the Jazz or whatever, or even like the Pistons versus uh, you know Celtics, Bulls, whoever. You, it, you just almost get spoiled, and it almost ruins the rest of the NBA for you. Well, I'm, and I'm kind of halfway on the fence. I mean, I'm enjoying watching the games. I've, I've told you guys this before, even with my DVRing. Uh, I've watched more NBA games in the playoffs probably than I have in a long time, especially without the Pistons being involved. When the Pistons were solid team and always making playoff runs, I mean, how could you beat that? But yeah. without the Pistons, this is the most most NBA basketball playoff action I probably have seen in the last 10 years is this season. The the podcast is keeping you young, Ted. It is. I love it. (laughs) Well, speaking of that, uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit of uh, Ted Entertainment tonight coming up here in a minute and maybe uh, a little U.S. Open as well. But first, take a close listen to this. Nelson House Funeral Home's top goal is to serve the families in our community. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. The Hankard Sportswear team pride themselves by giving a good product at a great value. The area's go-to clothing and more printing business with many loyal customers. They do it by providing 100% guarantee to satisfy your expectations. Hankard Sportswear always have Owasso, Corona, and St. Paul school spirit items in stock. Also, special items for family, sporting, business, and charity events. Call them at 989-725-2979, stop on into the store on Exchange Street in downtown Owasso, and follow them on Facebook at hankered.sportswear. The CoronaConnection.com staff knows it's great to be gold. Keep up to date on Cavalier Nation at CoronaConnection.com. All Corona, all the time. 
right, guys, just a couple of uh, new shows I've been watching that I just want to point out to you. You've all heard about the play Hamilton, right? Yep. And it's now playing on Disney+. Plus. It's t- it's taken us a while to finally get to watch it, but we have Disney+, Plus now, and I wasn't all that gung-ho about it. I knew, about, I knew it was basically a rap musical about uh, the days of the revolution. That's about all I knew about it. And, you know, I wasn't all that excited. My wife kept bugging me. Ted, we got to watch it. Ted, we got to watch it. Well, finally, we got around to it. And I got to tell you guys, it's one of the most entertaining three hours I think I've ever wow. seen. It was unbelievably three good. Three-hour haul? Three, well, they had an intermission. <laughs> yes. Wow. It was it was unbelievable. And, I, you know, it makes me want to go see the play on Broadway or Chicago or somewhere. It was really, really good. Have you, either one of you guys seen it? I haven't, haven't seen the movie, but, it, again, it's one of those that – some of my friends, like you just said, have seen both, you know, the movie, but they've seen it on Broadway, and they said it's it's incredible. Like, he, even if you have no interest in it, kind of exactly what you're saying, even if you have no interest, it's one of those you have to go see. Yeah, so I give that one uh, three thumbs up, three-point podcast style. Uh, here's one, maybe, th- this is another one, I'm a little late to the game, but, you know, Netflix has all kinds of stuff that goes back to the mid-2000s. I, this, I, I came across this because my wife watched it when she was out visiting a friend. She says, we got to watch this show. It's called The IT Crowd. Have you ever heard of that? I, I've only heard of it because... I stopped off at your house last week, and, <laughs> and it was like it was like watching the sausage get made. You guys were sitting there watching it, and so that, that's about it. That was the first time I've heard of it. Just just to paint this picture for you a little bit, uh, you know, everybody knows, or pretty much everybody knows, The Office. You know, the great show with Steve Carell started off as a British comedy. The same title, yep. you know, it had who's the guy that was the uh, Ricky Gervais? Yeah, Ricky Gervais. Well, this kind of reminded me of that. It's about. Uh, this IT department at this uh, office, and these two guys are just the funniest dudes you could ever see. It, it, if you get a chance, check out the IT crowd. I think you'll get a few laughs out of it. They've had some good episodes. In fact, one, the manager of the IT crew, she was dating a guy. His name was uh, Peter, Peter File, and uh, they had, you know, they were doing a takeoff on pedophile, Peter File. He was at the airport, and they were hollering out his name because they were calling him to the speaker. You had to be there to see it, but it, it was it was pretty funny. Uh, not not that pedophiles are funny, by the way. Um, All right, let's, let's get off. I'll that throw topic. this. Okay, so this is probably a question more aimed toward Matt, but you probably you seem to be all caught up on just the entertainment news in general. So I'll ask it to both of you. Okay, can someone please tell me what the hell is going on with Britney Spears? What is the deal? She's coming out with like a tell-all, basically, or an interview of some sort, or she's going to court. I don't know. I never really understood the infatuation with Britney Spears because I was too young when she was in her heyday, and really the only time I got to like saw her in the news was the whole head shaving thing and sort of the whole downfall. So it seemed like Matt Generation was sort of wrapped up in her. That's what Matt. is so? I'm sure he's probably 100 percent knowing what's going on. What's happening? Well, yeah, I, I am. I've watched the documentary. <laughs> I've watched it. a couple things about it. So no, it it is. It's a it's a generational thing. I'm, I'm not saying I'm the biggest Britney Spears fan, but, I mean, when I was growing up through middle school, high school, that's when she was way at her peak. I mean, she was the Tiger Woods of pop music. Yeah. I mean, it was her versus Christina Aguilera. So, so, yeah, I mean, people of my generation, like, you know Britney Spears. And it's like, it's just a crazy story about how, you know, she had her little meltdown. So her dad, like, took control of all of her estate, all of her money. To the point where she can't even decide. Like she, I, I 
it's funny you say this. I was reading some stuff before we started <laughs> recording that she had a, there was a, a court appearance today where she finally came out and said, I want this to end. You know, I'm, I, I can control my money. I control my finances and my decisions. And she started laying out some of the things that she can't do. Like she can't even paint things in her house on her own without getting approval. Uh, she has an IUD in, so, you know, like birth control, and she can't even take that out what? without approval yeah, from her dad and the people who run her estate. So, work? like, ridiculous stuff like that. Like, she has employees, you know, assistants that work for her. She can't even, like, provide them with dinner, energy drinks and stuff without getting approval. What? So it's all this stuff that's just, like, her dad is the typical kind of got on a power trip. Like, yeah. wanted her to become famous and then thought it was, like, all about him type of thing. Kind of like and then obviously, Yeah. And, I, you know, I'm again, I'm not, like, the biggest Britney Spears fan. But, honestly, like, the documentary that's out there, I think it was on, I think it was on Hulu. Was it an ABC thing or was it? No, I think it was Hulu because I don't have it. I would have watched it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's super interesting, and it's because there's a lot of behind-the-scenes footage. It's the typical, you know, the, the picture that's painted is this is a pop star. Everything's you know, cherries and rainbows and everything's perfect and stuff like that. But then behind closed doors, like, it is just, it's a complete mess. So, well, well, you, so yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting for sure. This brings up questions. And, uh, you know, I won't paint you as the Britney Spears expert, but we'll ask you the questions here. You watched the documentary. Um, what you know, what happened? I mean, is it, does she have mental illness? I mean, what's the, how, how could this happen? Yeah, it was, it was mental breakdown. I mean, she went through, like, the, a ton of relationships and, like, you know, probably some like emotional abuse type of thing uh-huh. from some really bad boyfriends or husbands and stuff. So there was some of that. And I think she was definitely, cause she was like the, the Mickey Mouse club. Like she, she started getting famous when she was like yeah. 11 years old or whatever. And then when she was like 14, 15 is when she sprung to, like I said, the Tiger Woods of pop music. And I think it was definitely like got to a point where she couldn't take it. Like there's, there's all this behind the scenes footage of, paparazzi just in her face everywhere she goes she walks out her door she goes to the nail salon and there's paparazzi in her face she just wants to go out to eat with her kids and there's paparazzi right outside her door and all this stuff and there would be there was all this footage of her just like breaking down just like like leave me alone i just want to like go out to eat with my my kids and stuff so it's this whole side of like everyone wants to be famous and rich and all that kind of stuff but like you don't see that stuff where you like you, you're constantly in the limelight. You always have these, these paparazzi in your face and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Nothing's private anymore. So, yeah, it was just mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. And and then, like, her dad got power hungry and wanted to control all of her money and stuff. So, yeah, just a, crazy. a pretty crazy story. Speaking of, like, childhood stars, uh, part two of my um, entertainment Tonight Tonight is, have either of you guys heard of Olivia Rodrigo? She has five songs in the top uh, 50 of the USA right now wow. uh, off of her new album. She's only, She just graduated high school. Like, last like last week, I just saw it on our Instagram. Her music, Ted, I'd say, I think it's right up your alley. It's really? something different. I, I'm telling you, it's something to listen to. I'm just looking up at the list right here. I mean, Good For You is one of her songs, Deja Vu, Trader. A lot of these are popular on TikTok, but... It is a type of music that I've never heard before. It reminds me almost like slam poetry is sort of what it's like with music behind it. I, it's just, it's something I never heard before, and I think that she's going to be the next. She already is the next big thing, but I think give it two months, and it's almost going to be a household name with her. It, it, so is it anywhere 
similar to Billie Eilish at all? She had a, sort she was of, a little yes. different at the beginning. Yeah, sort a lot like Billie Eilish. That's a and pretty like co- good comparison. That yeah. I would say, sort of similar career trajectories. I would say is what she's going to be. How on. about that for the old geezer? Uh, that's huge. And then let me just throw one more ch- since we're on the topic of childhood stars. This is something I've been thinking about a lot lately. It's sort of like a secret I've held in. Uh, I'll just be. The, I'm just going to say it. Justin Bieber. I've always liked him. I, I it's ever even when I was you know in elementary school and boys would never say it that they liked him even though <laughs> girls obsessed with him. I always liked him and every step along the way of his career so far he's had like three or four like sort of different musical tastes with these albums and his most recent one uh, my favorite song right now is actually by him Peaches is what it's called I just love the song and and it's rare that you see somebody like that who's a childhood star he almost kind of fell down a deep hole you know three four five years ago and it's cool to see him sort of just come out of it and just be making great music i'm all for it i'll give it to you i'm not going to dog on you 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 like what you like right i think i think a lot more people would like it there's a reason this is what i always say when people will give you crap about stuff like this there's a reason that he's so damn popular it's because he makes some pretty dang good music yeah and i'll give you that i'll give you some of his songs aren't bad uh even for me but i think all the all the stuff you see in the behind the scenes kind of turns me off a little bit just a little bit out there I mean, if you would have saw the Friends reunion, I'm still shaking my head about his appearance on that. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard that was a little, yeah, a little bit of a head scratcher. But I, I'm with you, Jared. I, it, it was definitely a thing for a while where, like, you didn't. He, he was that artist that, like, you didn't want to admit that you liked because people would be like, "Oh, you're, you're, you know, you're a yeah. Bieber fan or whatever." But I, I've always liked his music. He's all he's. He's insanely talented. I mean, he can play any instrument, yeah. and he's been that way since he was, like, a kid. So, yeah, the, the talent is there. And it, it's cool to see that his, like, I guess his music, like, almost like the genre of his music has changed a little bit. So, no, I'm, I'm with you. I, I like his music for sure. All right, one final thing on Tedertainment, and then we got to wrap up with maybe some U.S. Open talk. I saw this show won awards in the, uh, you know, the TV awards season, Ted Lasso. And I just got a I just got a new Apple phone, so I get a whole free year of Apple TV. Nice. So we checked out Ted Lasso with Jason Sudeikis. Wow, this show is fantastic. It's about uh, a college football coach in America gets hired by one of the top elite uh, soccer programs in England, and he takes over the program. There's a you know the reason he was hired though the 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 owner of the team brought him in because she wanted it to fail because she was having a bad marriage breakup with her husband but the show itself is just it's hilarious he is incredible in it and if you get a chance i don't know if you've seen it if you have apple tv but uh ted lasso is a winner and season two i think is coming out in uh, the latter part of july we're just wrapping up season one and it's really really good all right with that let's uh Let's get uh, your guys' thoughts before we close on the U.S. Open. Well, yeah, my, my initial thoughts before we get Jared's. Do you guys remember the guy that I threw out last week? Uh, was it a Mr. Rom? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> our, our golf expert over there, Jared, was like, ah, I don't know about John Rom. Yeah. But uh, here, well, what's funny, what's funny about that is it's, and this is kind of what the big kind of crazy storyline about this whole week was, is John Rahm was the favorite going in. You know, everyone was talking about how he kind of has everything lining up perfect for him, that he just had the kid, he's got this new perspective on life, he just got pulled from that tournament, he's played really well right now. And it feels like whenever that's the case, like everything's going for this guy, it never he never ends up winning. But 
You were right on. I mean, you took him. He just showed the biggest balls I've ever seen on that sort of stage. The way that he's – and you know he knew what the score was heading down in those last two holes, the way he was birdie chasing. Oh, yeah. And you just got – you got to appreciate the fact that he said, you know, I don't care if, if I end up making a mistake because if he would have stayed at five under, they would have gone into a playoff. But he said, you know, I don't care if I make a bogey. I'm going to go and try to win this thing, like, flat out outright. And that's what he did. And we mentioned it a little bit ago. What a moment with the crowd and the fist pump at Torrey Pines – when that final putt did drop, just goosebumps. There's no other way to put it. Yeah, and I was a little tied up, so I didn't. I wasn't glued to it at the end. Didn't wasn't he the clubhouse leader with still players on the course? Yeah, right? with a chance. Louis Ustajan was the. He was at minus five, and then Rom kind of jumped him to get to minus yeah. six, and then Ustajan just sort of d- didn't pull, pull through at the end. Bit. He didn't really fall apart. He just couldn't get that birdie that right. he needed. Um, so it ended up costing him. But John Rom. I was initially brought to this guy, you know, two, three, four years ago at the Masters when he fell apart and he had almost like a anger management blow up on the course. It looks like this guy, you know, a lot of people joke like, oh, the new perspective with the kid. It does honestly seem like he is an entirely different player and he always had the talent. And now that it's sort of like seems like he's got his mental right, it's like the sky's the limit for this guy now. Yeah, Matt and I can both speak to the fact that when you have children and your <laughs> your outlook on life yeah. does change for sure. Yeah, perspective definitely changes, and you can almost see that because, right, he was basically known as the dude who's going to blow up whenever he misses a putt. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like that's that him that that's him anymore. So yeah, definitely cool to see him kind of evolve like that. But you know, there were some storylines. I know you were laying out like Brooks versus uh, Bryson, and that kind of played out a little bit. Did you guys? You, you saw the photo bomb, right? Yeah. It, it... It's just we're, there's going to be a point where this hits like sort of the peak where they're both going to be in the lead, near the top of the leaderboard and somehow, some way, they're going to get paired together on Sunday. That, and that's what we need. We need um, that for sure. In a major, not even just a tournament. It would be awesome in any golf tournament, but a major would be incredible. Uh, Bryson, just it, it sort of the the story that got swept under the rug, he totally fell apart this weekend. Yes, he did. Uh, he, was, he was right there at minus four with a lot of golf left, and I think he made something like four or five straight bogeys. Uh, and ended up shooting plus six on Sunday. Yikes. So so just not a good round for him. But Brooks Kepka, another top five finish. I'm, these guys are just two titans, and it, it's leading to what will be one of the top golf moments of, of, I think, our lifetime when they do finally get that moment to go 1v1. Well, that's going to be fun to watch. Before we wrap, uh, what about your game? You were at a golf outing uh yeah. Last weekend, too, weren't you? Yeah, I was in a golf outing, but it was also during the middle. Of, okay, first off, you're asking me about my golf game. And then outside of the podcast, you're laughing with everybody how you don't give a shit about my golf game, and and you're making the oh, comments I wanted, no, like last no, I didn't, time. I didn't want your specific golf game comment. I wanted to ask you how the outing went. That's all. Our outing was good. I mean, we got caught in a literal <laughs> hurricane. Uh, if you were in mid-Michigan area on this past Saturday, you would have saw more rain than I've ever seen in a two-hour period. Yikes. You play one hole, you're caught underneath a tree for the next 30 minutes of rain. Did so, they finish it? Uh, we didn't. We played eight holes, oh, okay. so no. Oh. We did not finish it. But uh, Chi-Town played afterward, who we had on the podcast last week, and I was very impressed with their uh, performance. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, too, because I knew you saw Chi-Town later on in the evening. So you did You did enjoy yeah. their, yep. their talents. Yeah. Here's the th- A lot of people seem to not like country music. I'm one of the people that I love country music. I can listen to it anytime, anywhere. All the songs they played, their whole set list, I basically knew all the songs word for word. So I was loving it, but... It just seems like people don't have an appreciation for country music. And if you're one of the people, it's one of the most irritating people that are out there. 
I know, and a lot of my friends are like this, and uh, even my girlfriend's kind of like this. They act like listening to country music is like poison to their ears. You know, what, you know what I mean? Do you ever deal with the, like, what are we listening yeah. to? This is so bad. Like, how do you not like get behind this? At least in in some songs, some some parts of it, some like, you know, whether you're at a bonfire on the beach, like there's got there's a place for country music. You can't just say it's horrible. I don't get it. Yeah, I feel like country music. Like you know, thinking back to because I, I didn't used to listen to country music at all growing up because there there was that like if you listen to country music it was almost like you were a hick or something you know there not that that's true but like that's what people would maybe think like oh you like country music uh you must live way out in the country or you know something like that so i don't know if that's kind of still a thing but yeah like what if you just like listen to it and appreciate the music especially a band like shy town who has some you know really talented musicians it's just it's great like very versatile music like you said you can listen to it at a concert or at a bonfire, a beach, or, you know, whatever. And, yeah, I've become a big country music fan, too. Once I yeah. actually started listening to it, I was like, oh, I like this music. What, what have I been doing? Yeah, you know, for me, music's really come kind of full circle because today's day and age of country is about the closest thing you can get to rock and roll. I mean, you got guitars, you got drums, you know, and, uh, you know, the songs are are country-oriented, if you will, but, I mean, it's 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 the closest thing to rock and roll, you know, instead of rap. And I'm not a big <laughs> rap guy. There's, there's some songs that are okay, but country music, hey, if they got a good guitar, good singing and drums, I'm there, especially if it's live. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that is a big thing with country, too. Like, maybe, maybe people only equate country music to, like, Conway Twitty or, you know, Merle like the Haggard. music from, like, like, the 50s and 60s. Right, right. So maybe that that kind of country music you definitely have to yeah. really appreciate country music if you listen to that. So yeah, from like the '90s on, country has changed, especially now. Today's country music is quite a bit different. So I, I can understand that side of it. Yeah, one of my bucket list concerts I'm gonna definitely go see you next time he comes around is Garth Brooks. I'm, you know, I, I definitely <laughs> want to go to one <laughs> of his shows. That's an interesting one. Wow, Garth Brooks. What about him? Just. Oh my God, all, all the songs he's he's had out there, he's got hit after hit after hit. He's tremendous, and he's a tremendous yeah, entertainer. I feel like he's he's one of those like if you Ted, you you appreciate music, you yeah. know, of anyone, right? I feel like if you know you're just like someone who likes live music and appreciates music, I, I'm with you. I'd love to see Garth Brooks. I don't necessarily like love any of his music. I just know he's got a billion hits. So I feel like he's one like you got to see before he hangs yeah. up the guitar. Yeah. I'll, Sorry to cut you. What this is so unbelievably random, but I just need to get your guys' thoughts on this band. Creed. What are our thoughts? I love them. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Don't ask me how I I kind of <laughs> fell into like a Creed throwback like listening session uh, uh-huh. on one of my drives home from work uh, last week. They got some good bangers. So, they got some good songs. But, but, like from what, 15 years ago? They are, yeah. They're not oh, still, yeah. Because oh, they, were, they were kind of a poor man's Pearl Jam, weren't they? I, I don't know. All I know is they have some yeah. great songs. La, uh, Scott One Stan. Last Breath. Uh, yes, that's the lead singer name, right? Uh, One Last Breath. Uh, higher. Just uh, like they have like four or five just all time, put them in the platinum level of good songs. So I just I figured I'd throw it out there. You're you're talking about your friends when you listen to country music like it's poison in their ears. That is Creed is you know how like it you know, people are like nowadays like nickelback when they talk about oh you don't want to like thing. Yep. that yeah, that was Creed. I mean, yes, they definitely when you look at their hits, they sold a ton of records and they Creed has a ton of hits. It's listenable. Oh too. man, that that's like 
that was like one of the most poser rock bands of my generation. When people were like, yeah, Creed, we're going to go see them. It was like, hey, dude, you're, you're such a poser. Like you like rock, rock and roll music. What are you trying to do? Cause that's what the vibe was. They were trying to be Pearl Jam. Right. It was like, you're not even close to Pearl Jam. Like, what are you doing? You guys really love Pearl Jam, don't you? That's a band I never really have gotten behind, never no. really have dove into their disc- discography. But people around your guys is that were, you know, alive and like that type of music at that time. See, like, people loved Pearl Jam. Eddie Vedder, baby. Pearl Jam, solid. Pearl Jam, Nirvana, that whole era. <laughs> Here's one last thing on Creed. Yeah, I mean, it's a weird crowd that, like, I just imagine, like, Creed diehards. Like, not exactly somebody I'd want to go, like, sit and watch a concert with. But just at the end of the day, you got to you gotta respect their catalog. They got some good <laughs> songs. And, and that's the type of band, like, it was sort of like a Justin Bieber type thing. You know, in public, you might bash them. But it turns out at the end of the day, when they come on the radio, you're going to sing their songs. Well, I'll tell you what, Jared. You know, we got my little tedertainment tonight that we all chime in on. Maybe maybe you can be our, our music <laughs> guy and bring out some of these uh Thoughts, throwbacks uh, some of these thoughts uh, I, that you have I, I don't know about that i don't know about that if he's saying saying creed has a bunch of bangers i don't think he needs to be our music guy all right fair I, enough. I, i'm gonna say i don't we might get it might not be possible because it'll get pulled down because of copyright purposes but if you perfectly edited this matt where the uh chorus of one last breath drops right as this podcast end i guarantee the listeners are going to stay on until the end of that song that's a promise that's oh. how good of a song that is well, well, we'll see about the rules. That, <laughs> I think that, it, I don't think you can. Challenge. I don't think you can. I think copyright will take it down. But All right. Listen to it if fair, you don't know the song. Fair enough. All right. Well, I think we've talked enough, fellas. Another fun podcast here. Uh, we want to thank Free our sponsors. arms wide open. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> that's another one of their good ones. No copyright on that rendition, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> All right, let's call it a show. Follow us at Three Point Pod. Let our partners know you listen in. They include Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, JJ's Excavating and Tree Service, Hankard Sportswear, Owasso Speedway, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and Z92.5 The Castle. Also, don't forget, if uh, you could, please consider a donation to the ALS Association, still no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease. Every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with that terrible affliction. So for Jared Fattel and Matt Burns, I'm Ted Fattel saying so long, everybody. Until next time. Three Point Podcast is syndicated worldwide on Sports Radio Detroit and MWSN Radio. The show is a Sportsnet Michigan production recorded at the WJSZ Mid-Michigan Studios. Spread the word to your friends and family and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of the other big podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at 3 Point Pod or by email to 3 Pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, bye for now.